Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes. We're an OBS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups we see companies making. From the practical strategies you can implement today. We've been chatting about websites recently. And in this episode, we are going to sit down and talk about inspiring about us pages. Learning from Meredith Cacheta, the MMC agency. We're your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negron. And welcome to the shit show. Episode 48 of the Wedding Sassholes. It's never, it's always going to be that, guys. I don't know what to tell you. You know, normal podcasts have like a pre-recorded intro, but Vanessa's like, she doesn't ever want to do that because she oh. wants to say it ridiculous every single time. I think it's so fun. And if they could see my face, they would get more of a kick out of it. Maybe someday we'll easy video, but not for a while. Well, Probably we are not. so excited today for our interview episode. A warm sasshole welcome to Meredith. Hey, Meredith, how are you today? Great. Thank you, guys. I have known Meredith for... A long time now. I don't want to think back. It's been it's been quite a few years. And I learned about Meredith because her and one of her business besties, like Vanessa is to me, um, they had a podcast and I was listening to and we connected through other people and got excited to be on their podcast, which does not exist anymore. Podcast reach. Thank you, COVID. Yeah, COVID took that bad boy out, but um <laughs> But we, you know, we're, I'm always on the hunt for amazing people who know their stuff, can explain it in a way that we as business owners can always, you know, take action. And Meredith is one of those people. Oh, thanks. She's, she's pretty amazing, you guys. You should check her out for sure. Mm -hmm. So we're going to jump right into it. We don't do normal interviews. We do ask for your information at the end, Miss Meredith, but we like getting all the nuggets out of you and not wasting your entire day. So we just, we're jumping in. Let's, Let's get do it. <laughs> okay, so we've been chatting about all these things on websites that are must-have for businesses and things like that. And one of the things that Vanessa and I are both super passionate about is the About Us page. And so you are so amazing at being able to not only design, but copyright and things for small business websites. But does one of the questions people ask me all the time is, does anyone actually read the About page on the website? Yes, they do, guys. So we, they want to know who they're working with. So according to most statistics, the About page for many businesses is the second most visited page on the website, which is huge because if you think about it, you land on the homepage, hopefully they validate who you are, that you have some credibility, and then they want to know, you know who's really behind the business, whether that be a person or a mission or a little bit about why they should work with you rather than somebody else. So absolutely, it is very important. I like that. I always tell people that they're buying from the person, not just the brand. So they want to know who it is. So with that being said, should it be more brand forward? Should it be more team member forward? How do you think that we should go about making this about page? So I think that that depends on the business itself. So let's talk about a personal brand, right? If you are... Um, somebody that's really face forward in your business, you're going to show up at every event and as a vendor, you are shaking hands, then it's definitely important to talk a little bit more about who you are because you want the experience in person to match the brand online and to match the brand in social, et cetera, et cetera. If you are maybe a big team and they're not sure who's going to show up at any given time or who they might be working with, then you may be more inclined to feature 
a couple of people and have little bios or some fun facts, it really does matter how you present yourself in line with how you built your brand, if that makes sense. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's really important, right? Because you, when you're saying things like who's going to show up for them in what ways, I think at different steps of the customer journey through your business, you might be the face of it, right? Like as you're starting out, but as your team grows, they want to know more about like, I have an admin, she's such a rock star, but Kate doesn't like she comes out when I make her like she just (laughs) wants to sit at home and crank work. And so you know, doing a little bit more fun facts about her, I think it also makes the team feel other people on your team feel like included. Like they're not just, it's not just all about you. Completely. And when we look at brand values, we were just working with a new client on this to kind of position how to build a new brand and your values do work. Typically, if you sit down and really think about them externally and internally, right? So if you're really fun and your values are having fun and celebrating, and that's going to be for your team and also outwards for your clients, right? So it is important to be inclusive and have that. And then of course, there are some business owners where it's not necessarily a personal brand. And they're like, Hey, I really want my credibility to come not from myself or my team, but from like our leadership or our accreditations. And that's great too. It just needs to be authentic with how you're presenting yourself, how you're building the brand. And like you said, inclusive of, are your team members okay with being out there? Is that something that they're comfortable with and at what level? So, you know, whether you have a full bio or whether you have a couple of fun facts. And being consistent, being consistent, right? Mm -hmm. Like through all of it. What were you going to say, Vanessa? I was going to say, we are going to be starting, Shannon's actually the one who pointed it out, is that we started as a personal brand and then we started building a team and people still associate it with just being a solopreneur and just the one person. So she actually pointed out a couple of weeks ago that people still think it's that way, even though we have five people now. So to show that we have more of a team. So I think that it's cool to do the um, leaders and your people in there as like mini bios to say, hey, it's not just me. Like it is called just one person, but it's actually a whole team. And then we feel more incorporated. I like that. Yeah. But like, how do you grow, right? Like if you start as a solopreneur and you are the face and the things and doing all the things, then you start to grow and you really can't grow as a business if it's only you trying to do all the things mm-hmm. or people think it's only you because still I'm at a point where people, everything is still filtering through me, even though I'm like, hey, if you really need something for social media, just email Danielle <laughs> social at wedding, right. like go to her directly. But I think that, you know, we could build that page for our members saying, hey, here's who to call for what, like who does what, yes. who does what and being able to feature them and share a few things about them so they can connect with them too. And mm-hmm. it's true. Like, I think all of us probably, it sounds like are going or have gone through this is you may start as a solopreneur and the goal is that eventually your team may grow, right? So yeah, right. when you land on a website, we always talk about even homepage, a visitor wants to know they're in the right place, that you're credible and that you're trustworthy. So that credibility when you're a solopreneur is you, right? It has to be you because that's all we have. But then maybe as you're growing, that credibility is no, we have a big team. And then, like I said, there's another part, you know, layer of no, we're accomplished and awarded and all those things. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with um, you, you don't have to have on the team, the team on there. You don't have to have just the owner, but you just have to be aware of where you are in your business and what people are looking for. Because if you do leave that solopreneur image up, 
and you're not the one going out anymore, right? And people are expecting to see your face and it can also um, discredit you in a way that you don't want it to, you don't want it to, you want to be authentic all the way through for wherever your yeah. business is. I think mm-hmm. I, I think I waited too long, but it's okay. We'll catch it up. <laughs> <laughs> what are the must have elements that you think should be included in everybody's about page? Even if it's solopreneur or as a big brand, what do you think are the must haves that are absolutely, let's be on there. So I think it's really important when we work with clients, we want to have a little bit behind the scenes of who they are. For some businesses, that may be a little bit more about the mission. You can go a little deeper. For some, it's going to be more the team bios, the credibility. And then for brands that are a little bit more fun or a little bit more playful, it may be like those fun facts of the team members and things that um, basically if they're coming to the about page, they want to know more about who you are, whether that's as a business, as an owner or team. So you just want to think about the elements in which you can tell a little bit more about who you are. And usually, like I said, that's bio, that's mission, years in business, milestones for some businesses. Um, but basically some of the things that would help them feel more comfortable choosing you. Okay. I think um, one of the things I always tell people in the wedding industry, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, is when you look at your ideal client, we, Vanessa and I joke about this all the time, that the client stays the same age and we just keep getting older. We just keep getting older. (laughs) They're all getting married in between like 25 (laughs) to 32 is the majority of them. And I'm like, it it was so easy for me to relate when I was like, oh my God, it's my 30th birthday. Oh, yours too? Yay. (laughs) And now it's 43. And I'm like, oh God, like, so... I love the like either when you started, but I also love in our industry talking almost from a longevity standpoint of like how many weddings you've done, like over 5,000 weddings, because if you've only been in it three years, that still sounds like you're young and fresh and like hip to the things. (laughs) But I was coaching this bridal salon out in California and it's a family business and they've been open for 70 years. And I was like, get that off your Instagram. Get that off your Instagram. (laughs) She was like, what do you mean? And I was like, lady, like you, it just 70 sounds out of touch. I know you're not like, you've got the newest trends and the stuff in there, but you know, finding ways to make sure that it's the information you want to share, but also targeted at the client. So it's received correctly. A hundred percent agree. Right. Because, and that's where you, you have to know who you are. You have to be authentic to that, but absolutely. You have to know your audience. So if you're thinking about credibility, right, and that's 5,000 weddings versus 70 years, well, 5,000 sounds like you're the expert, right? But it doesn't give any sense of <laughs> how yes. old are you, right? <laughs> so yeah. absolutely. Right. And, and yeah. that's why it's so important to not just build your website or your brand and forget about it. Because things can start to get outdated and you're whether that's a team that you haven't added on the website, whether that's, you know, statistics that don't really align with what your clients are looking for. Um, but absolutely that's super important is not just being authentic, but also knowing your audience and making sure that you're looking at that with fresh eyes, because someone may look at that, like you said, and go, Oh no, thank you. But they're looking at it and thinking, gosh, that means we're, you know, we're long-term we're, we're stable. Yeah. Um, so working with somebody, whether it's, it's a friend, whether it's somebody in marketing, whether it's an agency like us to make sure that we're assessing that from the outside and not just um, looking at it from internal team members who think it's great, but haven't really tested how the market's receiving it. Well, and we work in the industry every day. So sometimes what's normal for us is not normal for clients to read or see. And I think we have to like go for the outside person to look in because we 
we don't speak our language. Like the things that we think, like saying, I've been in business for 50 years. That's cool. But now it reminds me of my grandma. And I think that that's who I'm working with. And she is completely out of touch. So it's <laughs> <Poor> grandma. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Hire, hire the younger kids. Have them do that page for you because they yeah. have the lingo and everything. So Nana shouldn't be right in that page. Nana should not be right in that page. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you create this page and you get them on there and, you know, are there any tips, whether it's design or copy or whatever, to like kind of hook people in to get them to want to keep reading? Because if you're starting to put like brand promise and about the team and all these different elements in there, like how do you keep them reading or flowing through the page? So that's a great question because about pages can tend to be a little bit stale, especially if somebody's like, oh, I should put my whole resume on here mm-hmm. and I should tell them everything since birth to today um, and personal, professional, everything in between. So what we want to look at is what are people going to care about? And that's why typically we'll have a really quick mission, maybe a visual of a team member, like a group shot or the uh, physical side of the business, if they have that, something that's just short and sweet. And then if you're going to do bios of multiple people, same thing. Like you don't want to necessarily overshare. It's not for you to just tell everything great about you. It's to help people want to make a decision to go to the next step. And so images are great. Short and sweet bios are great. Um, Fun facts, if that aligns with your brand style, is great. Um, But you also want to make sure that you have a call to action on the page. We don't use the about page to be heavy, heavy with call to actions, which a call to action is simply like the little buttons and clicks that take us somewhere else. Um, So we want them to go deeper and deeper in the website. And we don't want to overwhelm the page with call to actions because we're not asking for the sale on the about page. We're giving them information they want. But you want to make sure that it is strategically there so that they can read through it, they can have fun, they can feel aligned with you, and then we can take them to the next step. What would you suggest that call to action be on an about page? So an about page can be um, leading to, when we look at a site, it can lead to the next page. So basically, when we are designing a website, we're looking at it from a kind of 30,000 foot view and then a page view, right? We want to know if I'm in this section on the about page, what is going to make the most sense to navigate to the next page? So typically most people start on a homepage and we have sections that lead to either services or about page. And then the about page is often leading to the contact or request a quote or work with me. Um, And you can have call to action buttons that are just as simple as you know, contact us all the way to, you know, I can't live without your services. Again, is it super fun brand? Is it playful? Is it, hey, let's get you booked with a session. So normally we're getting into the contact page, but that's for a standard kind of small business site. If you have a site that's 50 pages, it may be that we're looking at a different type of strategy. Mm -hmm. I I like that work with me thing that goes right into like about us. Like, hey, do you want to work with us now that you've read about us? Go over to It's like that personal piece of, um, do you find people flow like homepage? That's that's totally off, not off topic, (laughs) but like, do you find like when somebody gets to a website and flows in, you know, when you look at or like heat map a site, at what point are they getting into that about page? Is it usually first? Is it like they're checking services and pricing info and then about... It's usually right after the homepage. Now, I will say some people are services driven. So if you think about like we have what we call a debut package, which is great for kind of small businesses. If you think about the standard site, you have a homepage, about page, a services page, a contact, and then maybe like a blog or something else thrown in. So if you think about I'm landing on that homepage, 
then most often they're checking out the about and then the about and or services kind of play back and forth before we get to like book a quote, work with me, contact us. And that's the ideal when we lay it out because we want them to land on the website and know that they're in the right place with a great header tagline, right? Am I, is this the service I need? And then as they're scrolling through that page, we want to give them a little bit of trust, a little bit of credibility that the businesses, you know, can do the job. And then if they get into services and they get into the about page, those are the kind of two sweet spots that can lead to, hey, let me reach out and see if this person's a good fit. Because the services tell them that it's exactly what they need. The about page is that tells them that it's who they need. Right. Which is why it's the second most visited page on your website. I took notes. I was listening. Hundred on this best already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's such a quiz. student. Quiz. <laughs> Pop quiz. It, we're gonna test you guys if you're listening. If you ever run into us about episodes, we're gonna start asking you questions in person. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I see very interestingly is a lot of, especially in the wedding industry, we've got a lot of super small businesses starting, many solopreneurs the beginning, a lot of them in the creative world where I'm a photographer, I'm a planner, I'm a florist and whatever. And when I land on their about pages, for me and how I am as a buyer, I find that the information gets very personal. And I understand the concept of wanting to make a connection. I'm also not the age demographic getting married. So I get that, right? But So if you're kind of looking at our industry specifically from a wedding standpoint, and they are that creative solopreneur, like, where's that line? Like, how do you choose what personal info should I be putting pictures of my family up or not? Like, where's that line? And what would you recommend? So the line is usually a little further back than people think it is, right? Because the about page is not just a place for you to tell your life story. It is still very much a part of the strategy of helping give the information that the visitor needs, right? So let's talk about family pictures. And I met my husband and this and that, and I love walks on the beach, right? Okay, you love walks on the beach. Are you a wedding beach photographer? Because that might be relevant, right? Are you uh, somebody that is supposed to be catering? Then I may not need all that information, right? Yeah. I made like relevant information, like I got into baking as a teenager, went to school and love it. Here's my portfolio. But I think we still need to make sure that it's relevant um, to the end visitor and the business that you're in. So does that mean that I don't want to know anything about your family? No, not at all. But I want to know like one to two sentences, right? Right. If you tell me you have a house full of kids and you rescue dogs and you volunteer at seven different places. I'm going to think you're an awesome person, but I might also be concerned that you're too busy to show up, right? If you don't have that team. So I think you have to balance. I want to be really personable and I want you to know who I am. And that's awesome because people do relate to people, but it's not just a tell all. It should be really intentional so that people might align with you a little bit, but not feel like, like you said, the 70 years sounds really good to somebody who thinks that's credible sounds really bad to somebody who's like, Oh my goodness, are they out of touch? So I think right. the same thing. And also some people like to, to tell, you know, personal things that might be not that people might not align with. Right. So politics, all the things that they say, yeah. don't about a Thanksgiving, right. <laughs> Those might also be not that they're not important to you, but they may be topics that um, aren't appropriate for the circumstances because, no matter how you feel, you might be isolating a group of people that feel differently. And that's not the intention of 
you know, a business, you want to serve people. So Mm -hmm. I think it just really should be thoughtful about is the information that I want to share relevant. And if I'm not sure, like, I just want to tell about my family, that's beautiful, but let's keep it really short and sweet so that it's something that's an asset and not potentially, you know, people feel like, oh, I might not relate to this person or they might be too busy for me. Yeah. Uh, Just a balance. Maybe like also, you could tell me I'm totally wrong. That's it's your profession. I don't know. Um, maybe also when you're, when we're thinking about ourselves and like our lifestyles or whatever we're into thinking also, what is going to be a common trait with your ideal client and just specifically saying that. So I am a nerd. I read books a lot. And so I would feel like if I was redoing my about page, I would probably mention in there, like love Harry Potter or love this or whatever, just like those little things. Cause I like to tie those into the cake designs, but that's also my ideal person is like, I want to be that little book nerd, but not like my whole cake be, you know, a sorting hat kind of thing. So like maybe just putting in those one or two things that you think are fun facts about yourself, but you know, also will definitely tie you in with that ideal client and connect you on that level of just reading that brief little bio. Right. A hundred percent. No, not at all. And you can do like, I love the idea again, for the right type of brand, the right type of um, style of your brand, the little fun facts are great because they're little tidbits. And like you said, some people may um, say, oh my gosh, I love that, right? Oh, I, I saw that and I just knew I had to call you. That's awesome. Um, but it's not a paragraph to two paragraphs about your hobbies. And that's where right. I think sometimes people don't spend as much time on the about page if they're like, oh, I can just throw my resume up there. And that's that checks the box. And I think that's what yeah. we're trying to avoid is don't lose the value of having a strategy for your about page. Don't lose the authenticity, right? People do want to know who you are, but make sure that it's, it's cultivated. It's, it's intentional. And yeah, I love the fun facts. I think, you know, people do my favorite coffee order, my favorite movie that, um, you know, we might share, we might have in common because then I, I feel that connection. Yeah, I think of specifically, we talked about Amy, one of our photographer friends in a previous episode, but there's also another photographer in our area that I can think of, like he's very outdoorsy, very outgoing. So when part of his thing, it just says something about like he loves camping or whatever, because his ideal couples are the outdoorsy kind that want to get married or elope out in the wilderness. Like, so it's perfect because he ties that in just briefly, but it totally connects him with his ideal people. And I think even the picture on his about page is him with like a backpack out in the mountains somewhere just being like hey this is who I am such a perfect it's, it's so short yeah, yeah like yeah. it's short straight to the point still professional but like hey this is what I do in my free time and if you like doing things like this you should hire me because we'll get along great a hundred and even just the image you said it notes it right it's in his ideal audience and the image so when you see that it's like click click right? I'm like, Oh my gosh, my husband and I want to, you know, we got proposed to in a mountain, like we chose you, it automatically makes that connection. That's a beautiful example. Well done, whoever you are. I love that. Now I have to go redo my own. Oh God. (laughs) Same, same, same. So do you, what do you think about, you know, when people ask me, and they really want to put that reviews page on their website. And I'm like, stop, nobody wants to read a page or just your reviews on your own website. They know it's curated, but like sprinkle it through the website. Do you think that having reviews on the about page, would you recommend get putting one on there? It doesn't make sense in that spot or in other places instead. It's the same idea. It can make sense if it is a personal brand, let's say as an example, and the review might be talking about the person, right? Like that might be a really good alignment But again, if you think about the about page, it's not where we really want to hard sell. So we're not like 
here's my bio. I'm awesome. Here's my testimonials. I'm awesome. Here's all these things like sell, sell, sell. So I think tastefully related to maybe a team member, if you have reviews for each team member or for the leadership, it can be done really well. And I'm with you, Shannon. I was like a reviews page, like a plugin from Google. But I will tell you that I am I am being scolded in that, that it does add a lot of SEO value. Um, so there is some benefit to it, but I think have it, maybe not have it in your main menu if you have enough really positive reviews, but curate some throughout your website is really powerful. Yeah. I no, like I'm with you. I like the sprinkling. The sprinkling. I, but I understand the SEO value of having, because a lot of them, they're using all those great words, but I think you can put it in the footer, right? Correct. It can be like an unlinked, not in your header page. Like, read how fucking great I am. Like, <laughs> uh, like who's going to put shitty review? It's like being like, oh, when somebody applies for a job, like, oh, can I call your references? Like, I'm not going to give you the ones that didn't like me. Right. Like, I'm only going to list the places that absolutely will applaud me and say that like, you should... There are some good plugins that, I mean, when we work with clients, we're like, hey guys, just, you know, this is coming straight from Google. So bad ones reply very quickly because it's going to show up on your website. So you can be authentic in it and say like, these are not just curated, but if you're choosing some for your homepage or your, I mean, yes, curate them, get them back. No, I love that. I love that. So when we talk about adding your team onto the page, Right. Is it, do you like the idea of doing something with a little bit more of a bio rather than just like, this is Bobby Sue and she's the admin? Like, do you like it when it's like they kind of can click to learn more and it's a pop up or it goes to a different page? Like, or is it just name and title and photo? Like, what would you, I know it depends, but give me your two cents. I know. I feel like my answer is going to be like, let's talk about the brand. What makes sense? But Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally, as she was talking about it, I was like, I'm like, I know great where question, this is going. But I guess it depends on, right. yeah. So there's yeah. a couple of factors beyond just what we've talked about, like brand specifically. I would say, as you're thinking about bio, so let's say you have a team of 10 and each one of them are interacting with the public. That might be a good good, um, time to have a little brief bio, right? Who am I going to be working with? Because if you're telling me I'm assigned with Denise, I might want to know a little bit about Denise. And, you know, that goes around with the team. Some other considerations that we've worked with clients on is maybe you have a team that's very transient, right? And so maybe you don't want to be popping up bios every five to six weeks when, you know, school changes, you work with interns or you, you know, we see this a lot with hairstylists, right? Um, So that may be a time where it's easier to have something very short and sweet because then it's more manageable to keep updated. So I think, you know, what we look at for small businesses in many cases is we might have a longer bio for like the leadership team or meet the founder section. And then we're going to have some shorter bios for the rest of the team that might be forward facing with customers um, but like for us, we have a lot of designers on the team, but they, they want to be behind the scenes, right? They want to be working in front of a laptop. They don't want to be talking with clients all the time right. because they're good at designing. So like, it would be a disservice to my team to put everybody's contact information and everybody's bio on the website, because that's not where they're in their great space. So it's, you know, then we talk about the team of like, here's, our, you know, we have a team of, you know, this size and we do this and that, but I think it, it does depend, but you also want to think beyond that and think what can you maintain really well. If you have 20 team members and you know that every um, six months you're going to have two to three of those transition and you're not able to keep up with that, 
then let's keep it really short and sweet so that we're not outdated really quickly. So I'm just going to use like a catering staff just because I feel like those are who bring the most out to events, right? Yeah. So like for, if you were a catering company, you would have like a brief bio of like what the catering company stands for, like their mission and their credibility. And then underneath that, you could list off your um, catering leaders who are in charge of the day of, that's usually who the couple is in contact with. And then just have a picture maybe of just like service staff, not all of them, you know, they don't need to know exactly who is scooping the mashed potatoes that day, but just like a picture of the team and say like, you know, we always bring plenty of people. We're always happy to help, blah, blah, blah. But the main little short bios be the people that are the leads and then like the company and then a picture of like full staff. Completely. You're hired. Yeah, okay. you got this. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly right. And team photos are a great way to do that. Honestly, if you have a big team, but they are maybe transient or maybe right. they're not transient, but your customer doesn't know who's going to show up. A big right. team photo is great to add credibility and actually, you know, feature your people, be proud of the people that you you have on your team. But I'm not looking for one specific person in that crowd. I'm looking for you to show up with somebody from your team. So absolutely. Right. Whoever the person is with the clipboard, they should have a bio. But the person holding the, the person putting the plates and the trays down, they just need a group photo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, with that, I have a hot question about photos because this is oh. the it's Ooh. a personal it's a personal pet peeve. So right. um I sometimes have turnover, whether it's because it's an intern or whatever. I could use deal with never having to get headshots again rather than the every three months. <laughs> I feel like we're doing them. So what's the best way if you have people coming in and like, hey, you do this headshot and everybody's the same, and then Susie's got this one photo over here. Or do you have them all be different and just get on a wall in an office with good lighting and take a picture? Like, what is the best way to do this without it being so much freaking work? <laughs> okay, I totally, I totally hear this. Right, a lot. Do they have to match? Do they not have to match? Okay, so they don't have to match if your brand is a little fun and chaotic and you know everybody's got their own personality. Okay, let's start there. They don't have to. However. It does look nice when we have an on-brand team shot. It looks like we are, you know, invested in the details. So if we have, let's say, a team that's a big team, and so maybe they're, especially today, right, maybe they're all over the country, and I'm not sending a photographer necessarily to all these different people. Um, so sometimes a situation like that versus a situation of turnover, then we're looking at how can we do the best possible job and what we'll say is, hey, let's make sure it's a white background, right? And your photographer is three to four feet away or whatever we, you know, whatever we decide the style is so that when Susie adds her picture and it looks out, we can go, oh, no, Susie, stand against this wall. We got you. We can make this look aligned. I will say nothing beats professional photography <laughs> that's done really well and everybody looks nice i know i'm getting <laughs> you guys can see the face that Shannon is making i know i know i know i know but Got it. you know we have we have a client that we work with that is a huge client amazing people they're one that's kind of broken out in different locations and they have tried in many different ways to capture team photos. And, you know, thank God for Canva. We can remove the background and we can add a mm -hmm. new background, and all mm -hmm. these little tricks. Um, but at the level of their team, I mean, it, you just got to bite the bullet, get some nice photography sometimes. So find your I can, balance. I can also tell you, I don't recommend using AI headshot photographers. Oh, <laughs> oh no. If, 
if you can see, because I'm writing a presentation right now about AI, and I was like, all right, so I read all the reviews of like, which is the best one. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. And so when we finish recording this, I will pull it up just for the two viewers <laughs> entertainment for about five minutes. But oh, no, you texted to me. Oh, yeah. Vanessa's pictures. seen him, but Meredith yeah. hasn't seen him yet. And when I tell you the level, first of all, it clearly doesn't understand what chubby people are supposed to look like <laughs> because it that AI headshot put me on the best diet that I will never be on and was like... The part that threw me off is when she sent me the pictures at first, like the first one, I think it was like four different photos. The first one I was like, <laughs> this is an old picture. Cause like it made her arms look like they were twigs, like Super so skinny. skinny. And, I was like, and I was, like, I was like, what is this? And then I click on to the next one. I was like, why is your eye look so weird? And she's like, they're AI pictures. I was like, why is it giving you two pupils? Like, what is happening? Yeah. Don't use that for your company headshots unless it's meant to be funny. It's, yes, it's a little scary and AI is, um, you know, it's fun for fun uh, when it comes to photos, but don't give your potential customers a reason to not trust you from the beginning. (laughs) Okay. But like also the worst thing, and I see this because the wedding, a lot of wedding planners have their headshot in their signature, right? Also, when I see you on the day of, or I meet you in person and I think, wow, that was a catfish, like. Don't don't be posting pictures of yourself that don't look like you. So then when your clients meet you, they're like, oh, oh it's that, bad. How old is that picture? Because it looks nothing like you. I mean, no, nobody wants to be catfish for sure. And that's what we have a um, a colleague that's fantastic at taking your brand offline and helping business owners become their brand. Because it's uh-huh. true. If you show up looking totally different, dressed totally different, right? Like it just there's there's a break in the trust. There just is because you want that experience in person yeah. when I meet you in your store, when you show yeah. up on my site, on my wedding, you want it to feel like that's the same experience. That's the same person. So yes, no AI, know that your brand, especially in small businesses and personal businesses is you as much as it is everything else you invest in. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no. she and I, I would love to see those pictures. Oh my God. So oh, I already we'll haven't pulled up for the minute. The minute does go right back to like when we first started this whole conversation today of you saying your bios and everything should be the same person on that page as in person and your photos should represent that as well, people. Please. Please. Okay. <laughs> I have one more good question. In the world of hiring younger people with personal brands within the world, um, it's definitely a hot topic within the industry to be figuring out how those individuals have their all their own social media. And so when they're being listed, right, you've got a small team of four and everybody's being listed, you know, they're growing their own personal brands and their own followings and things like that. And I've heard, I, I can argue both sides of the coin because they want to be able to grow their personal brand and have that be listed on the company website as like, this is where I'm following me or whatever. So should it be only the company or you know, are it would it be appropriate for individuals to have their individual social media on there too? So this is a tricky question. So mm-hmm. thanks for saving it for last. Uh, but I think that there's a couple of factors. Um, when we look at it, if we're advising clients, a couple of things that you may want to consider, because I, I agree with you, you can kind of argue the mm-hmm. pros and cons of both sides. Um, 
I think depending on the nature of the relationship, when you bring somebody, are you expecting and or is it part of your agreement that their social media will help grow your business and vice versa? Because I think if you are growing a personal brand and those people are becoming attached to an employee rather than to the brand itself, that can be problematic as relationships shift. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we've all heard the stories of maybe that individual makes some personal decisions that you wouldn't want reflected on your brand when they're yeah. on the weekends and, you know, and, and everybody has the right to do that. But if you are tying that to your business, um, yeah. then there's a different level of trust and full disclosure and agreements that I think conversations you need to have. Um, personally, I think one of the safest routes to go is to feature your team on the brand's social media and highlight that. I think that people can find the individuals they want to follow as a result. Let's say you're a wedding planning business, you have five wedding planners. Well, if I work with one, I'm probably going to follow her social anyways, but I'm not promoting that at the brand level. Because the other thing is, is that if let's say you have somebody long-term and you have that on your website, that's becoming a link on your website as well. So when I'm searching perhaps the brand, there may be other links coming up for for that individual. So from the brand side, I think you do want to focus most often on building your brand and featuring your people, not building your people that are featuring your brand, if that makes sense. You want the the core strength to come from the brand and then the individuals to support that. Yeah, that makes sense. I love that. I, I totally agree. I think that as managers, owners, employers, social media policies are important things to have in place if you are going to connect with people professionally in different places and spaces. And so... Um, I think that this is one of those on that about page that's like, well, what about me? And like your social listed and whatever. And it's, well, it's a little bit different because I own the company, so I'm never going anywhere. Like it's well, a little I bit. Think that's the thing is when we start in those conversations, we're starting in the like honeymoon phase, right? Like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna feature the business, and I'm gonna feature you, and it's gonna be yep. great. But the reality is, is that sometimes those relationships change, and just like how we say a website you can have ownership over versus Instagram. Let's see shuts down a brand's account. Like if you only had Instagram, you've lost contact with that audience. So we want to get them onto a platform that you maintain like a website. The same is true with that question is if your employee splits and it might become kind of ugly, right? You don't want to be, you have no control over their account, nor should you. Yeah. Um, So it's a little bit harder to kind of separate. So you want to make decisions that are really good for you when everything's good and protect you if things go bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 100%. like a prenup. You're signing a prenup for your business. That's what it is. <laughs> yes. Well, before we end our episode with that swag, Meredith, where can people learn more about you and how can you help them? Awesome. So we help, we focus a lot on building strategy behind building the brands, logos, websites, and marketing from a content perspective. And all of that and more is at the mmcagency.com, T H E M M C agency. And Meredith has built websites for wedding pros in the area. She has worked with all different types of brands outside of the wedding industry. I, You guys know I'm very particular about referrals on things like that. And Meredith is one of the very few web companies we refer to. So she kills it. She's killing it. She's dead. As a doornail. Time for our episode swag. So we took our notes. We did our homework. Three action items to add to your to-do list. You go first. I'll go first. So your must-haves for your uh, About Us pages, your mission statements, 
your team bios. It could be your leaders and then your sub leaders or just the owners. And mention your milestones, but don't sit there and make it an entire, um, what do we call it? A whole resume. We don't need all of that. Make it short, sweet, to the point. I like it. Okay, number two is, do you already have an about page? You know, I'll die on this hill. Go look at your Google Analytics because I think sometimes people like set it and forget it and they don't check page counts. They're just looking for overall traffic, but you might have set and forget that about us page, but go check your statistics and see if people are visiting the page. If they are, maybe it's time to put fresh eyes through it, but if they're not, maybe you need to figure out how to put it more front and center and be buttoning to it from different places within your website because it's a selling point for you. All right, our last one is going to be your call to action item from the about page. So like Meredith said, if they're starting on your homepage and then they're going to the about, what's the next step? We want to put them through that funnel. So make sure there's a contact us, a do you want to work with me or request a quote somewhere in there. Don't make it bright and flashy where it's obnoxious, but do that natural um, that natural transition from one page to the other. Make sure that call to action's on there. If like you feel one. like, you know. I did good notes today. I did good. I'm a good student. If you like this podcast, helped your business, got you thinking, or we made you laugh and giggle because that's what I do the whole time. Follow, subscribe, and share it with a friend that needs to work on that about page. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes dropping every Tuesday morning. Now go make epic shit happen.